Phillies. The Phillies get a dominant start from Zach Wheeler on the mound on their way to stealing the middle game of the series. They go for the rubber match today, and we'll tell you all about it on today's Locked on Phillies. You are Locked on Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Phillies. I am your host, Connor Thomas of Locked On Phillies. Been talking Phillies baseball for years over on 97.5 Fanatic. Now happy to be with you here as your host. And uh, I want to thank you, as always, for making Locked On Phillies your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. It was a fun game for the Philadelphia Phillies last night, even if it wasn't all that exciting. Final score against the San Diego Padres, well, it was 3 to nothing. This time, though, in favor of the good guys. And it was almost an exact flip of the previous ballgame. The Phillies only gave up four hits to the Padres and shut them out yesterday or two days ago was when the Phillies were shut out themselves and had five hits in the game. They lost 3 nothing in the first game. They won 3 nothing in the second game. It's always fun to me when things like flip around like that. And there's unique things like that. Baseball is probably the biggest um, opportunity for unique happenings just because of the number of games. There's 162 of these suckers, and teams play basically every day, so you never know what you're going to run into. Well, a 3-0 loss turns into a 3-0 win the very next day, and the biggest reason why it was a 3 to nothing win for your Philadelphia Phillies, well, it was Zach Wheeler, who was absolutely dominant on the mound. Dude looked like the absolute ace that he is, the NL Cy Young, I should have been the winner, in my opinion. I'll keep saying that. But the runner-up from last year, that's where he actually finished in the voting. And a deserving recipient in Corbin Burns up there in Milwaukee. But still, Zach Wheeler pitched like the best pitcher on the planet yesterday because he has that type of a ceiling. And the other thing we'll talk about in a second with his performance is the velocity. But we'll start how I always start when we recap games. We'll jump into the scoring plays and talk about, well, how the Phillies got to the three to nothing victory. Not that hard to point to the big scoring plays in this one because there were only, well, three of them. JT Romito in the first inning got an opportunity against Blake Snell, who was making his first start of the season for the San Diego Padres. Snell, not a strong outing for him, and you didn't really expect it to be a great one given the circumstances. Jumping in with his first start of the year, he only went three and two thirds innings, gave up three earned runs. All three of the ones that the Phillies scored were off of Snell. He did strike out five, so he had some solid stuff, but three walks command was a little bit of an issue. And in the first inning, well, JT Romuto singled to center, scoring Reese Hoskins, moving Nick Castellanos up to third. Unfortunately, the Padres worked out of it after that. But it was great for JT, who had been struggling lately. He roped one up the middle. This wasn't like a blue pit or anything. Just absolutely ripped the pitch right back where it was uh, thrown from. And right into the middle of the field, out to center, scoring Reese Hoskins, giving the Phillies a 1-0 win. And they didn't know it at the time. But, man, that would have been all they needed to take care of business in this one. Then in the bottom of the third, Reese Hoskins absolutely torched a pitch, hit a home run to left. And when you see 370 feet on the distance traveled, it doesn't tell you the full story of this one because it wasn't a high launch angle. You didn't really hit it with a lot of – with like a majestic trajectory. But – 
he smoked this baseball. I wouldn't be surprised whoever caught it out there either has a dent in their hand or caught a baseball that has a dent in it with the way that Reese impacted that ball with his bat. It was a great swing by Reese. It's nice to see him have another uh, strong performance at the plate. Well, it was really just in that uh, that at bat, even though he did score in the first inning. No, you know, he had a, a good day at the plate, and that's good to see from him. And then in the bottom of the fourth inning to finally help chase Blake Snell. They tried to get Blake Snell through the fourth inning, them being the San Diego Padres, and make it a little bit further before they had to use the bullpen. But Odubo Herrera doubled down the right field line, stuck it right inside the first base bag. And instead of catching that jut out down the first base line where the ball girl sits, well, it snuck by it, went into the corner, and Kyle Schwarber, who was on first, was stealing on the pitch, was off and running because there were two outs. And uh, what happened was, well, you saw Kyle Schwarber chug around second, then third, and easily into home to give the Phillies a 3-0 lead in the bottom of the fourth. Now, that was all the scoring. Fifth inning, sixth inning, seventh inning, eighth inning, ninth inning, all scoreless, all uh, very low in the hits counts, too. That's because it was a strong bullpen performance from the Padres. And, yeah, you could say a strong bullpen performance from the Philadelphia Phillies, but when you look at the box score, it points to only one man. Zach Wheeler, again, let's look at what he did. He went seven innings. He only gave up four hits, no runs, no word. No walks. The command is getting significantly better. Struck out nine, and he had 97 pitches on the day. Brings his ERA down to a 3-4-9. And here's the biggest thing. I mentioned a little bit as we were going through the recap. The velocity coming back. He was chucking like 96-97 in the seventh inning as he was getting near the end of his rope. That's a great sign, especially when he was early in the season, only touching like 93-94. He had a little bit more top-end speed, but he wasn't consistently throwing that deep into starts, and it was part of the reason why he was having trouble. Zach Wheeler was outstanding. His stuff was nasty, and his fastball was just overpowering. And Ricky Metallica was on with us on the John Kincaid Show over on 97.5 The Fanatic this morning. I just got back from the studio doing that morning radio show, and Ricky was talking about on air. Well, it's very rare that you see someone overpower with a fastball in today's game. You just don't see it as much anymore because velocity is such a given in the game and hitters are so used to seeing guys that throw in the upper 90s. But man, Zach Wheeler's fastball was overpowering in this one. And Jose Alvarado, well, he got his first clean inning since the Colorado Rockies series, the first one, two, three inning rather, I should say. So yeah, that is clean. Struck out two of the three batters he faced in the eighth. And Corey Knabel, well, he went ahead and he took care of business on only four pitches in the top of the ninth to go ahead and lock down his eighth save of the year. It's not bad. Think about where the Phillies were last year with Hector Neris, who, by the way, is doing incredibly well down in Houston as a member of that bullpen, but didn't really do great here last year. I would have loved him to stay, but Corey Knable is having a strong year as well in the closer role for the Philadelphia Phillies. So it was just, I mean, it was a great performance. When you can get through nine scoreless innings with only 116 combined pitches thrown, that's just, it's a beautiful thing. And more often than not, you're going to win those ballgames. And that's what the Phillies did. They won the ballgame because of the pitching and some solid defense out there. After a, a defensive gaffe that we saw from Kyle Schwarber in the first game of the series and some shoddy defense recently, well, they were solid last night. So it was great. Uh, let's look at the box score just to see who did damage. Really, the other thing that's interesting about Wheeler, the three of the four hits that he gave up were to the top three guys in the order. Jay Cronenworth, Kim, Machado, 
three hits between the three of them, one apiece, and then Jerkson Profar, who was batting in the seventh hole, had one of those hits for the San Diego Padres. What that tells me, though, is when, well, Zach Wheeler's up against lower hitters in the uh, skill level department, I guess. <laughs> when he faces worse hitters, he gets them out more consistently, which is not the case with everybody. Some guys go through lapses when they get to the bottom part of the order and they mentally kind of ease off the gas a little bit. Not Zach Wheeler, not last night. Meanwhile, in the Phillies, Reese Hoskins scored twice. He had one hit and a walk. The RBI, obviously, with that hit being the home run. Uh, Alec Bohm was over four. Nick Castellanos over three. Gene Segura over four. And it looks like Segura, after that long hit streak, is starting to cool off. Clearly, he is. But JT Romito with an RBI single. Kyle Schorber got a hit to get off the schneid after his golden sombrero in two days ago's game. And then Johan Camargo and Odubel Herrera each contributed a hit themselves. Odubel's coming on that RBI double in the fourth that we talked about. So we don't need the offense to be 12 runs every game, especially when you get pitching performances like Zach Wheeler is giving them. And the Phillies starting rotation has really settled in. Zach Eflin could give you a little bit more, but he hasn't been bad this year. And the top four, Ranger, uh, Kyle Gibson, Zach Wheeler, who we just saw, Aaron Nola, they've been strong so far. It's uh, encouraging signs for the Philadelphia Phillies as far as what they're doing in a tough stretch of the schedule. But, listen, winning one game out of the series is not enough. I want them to win the series, and they got a chance to do that today in some afternoon baseball, a throwback Thursday, so they'll be wearing the powder blues over at Citizens Bank Park in a bit of an overcast game. And coming up, we'll talk about, well, exactly what's going on in that game. We'll go through the lineup. A little bit worried about something that we've discussed in yesterday's program, but I do think the Phillies have a great chance to win the ballgame. I'll explain exactly why in just a second. First, though, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Listen to this. I love brownies. Love them. But you know what I love more? Brownie batter. It's always better before it's cooked, right? Sometimes I just eat the batter right out of the pan. It's awesome. And uh, I don't really make it. My mom makes them, but when she, she used to bake and I was living at home, Stick a finger in there. She'd get mad at me or lick the spoon or whatever. It's the best. What if you got brownie batter and it had some protein in it? That'd be awesome. Well, you're in luck because Built has a new creation. I told you about the birthday cake puffs. Well, the brownie batter puff is now here. It's all dessert type food, but it's actually good for you. You heard me right. Go ahead and check it out on Built.com if you don't believe me. And if you haven't tried them, then you got to go get the Built puffs. They're protein infused marshmallows with chocolate covering. 100% real chocolate, 100% really delicious. Only 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar in the brownie batter puffs. You cannot beat that. It's a great snack when you're trying to get in shape for summer. So go to built.com to get your brownie butter, brownie batter puffs now. My mouth is watering just thinking about them. I can't even talk. Go to built.com and you can use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, let's take a peek into today's matchup, the rubber match. I've seen like 100 tweets already calling this the rubber match. Yes, we know that's the term, but I'm going to use it, so I can't really fault you. A rubber match for the Phillies and Padres as the Padres get ready to head out of town and the Phillies get ready to see if they can take a series from their West Coast opponents before they get out of here. Man, I was hyped up last night after the Phillies took care of business trying to get to a point where they could – We'll go for the series win. 
And if you want to see my immediate reaction, well, you can check out Locked On Now. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Phillies your first listen every day. I also want you to check out Locked On Nows, though. They're awesome. It's from across the MLB, our entire MLB channel, as we call it, all of our hosts and great personalities that follow your teams day in and day out. Well, they share immediate reactions to big news, wins, losses, everything that comes out of Major League Baseball. And Locked On Now puts it all together, podcast form, and allows you to consume that wherever you get your podcasts. But the only network who's doing stuff like this and getting it done in this way is Locked On. So check out Locked On Now. It's your best way to keep up with what's going on around Major League Baseball. The best way to consume content about your favorite team every single day. And today you get to do it during the day for the Philadelphia Phillies because they have a 1 o'clock start against the San Diego Padres today. Actually, it's a 105 Eastern time game listed. I don't know why they don't just put it at the top of the hour, but whatever. 105 Eastern time game. And we're looking now at the ESPN predictions. I used this for yesterday's game. The Phillies had about a 57% chance to win yesterday, according to ESPN analytics today. A 52.4% chance for the Phillies to win this game and take the series 47.6% chance for San Diego, according to the analytics that ESPN is running. And listen, a lot of computer programs out there are smarter than me, but I'll tell you what I'm seeing and why I think that's how they have it. Well, Kyle Gibson faces off against you, Darvish on the mound, and Gibson has been strong this year so far for the Phillies. But it's interesting. The Gibson-Darvish comparison, based on the numbers, just looking at the stat sheet, well, they're pretty comparable pitchers, both right-handed pitchers. Kyle Gibson has a 3-1 record so far this year. Yu Darvish, a 3-1 record so far this year. Kyle Gibson, a 4.10 ERA. Yu Darvish, about a half a run higher at 4.62, but still generally in that area. Kyle Gibson, a 1.21 whip, though. Yu Darvish, only 1.18. So interesting. Kyle Gibson seems to be working out of more jams. He's allowing more base runners per inning, but... Hugh Darvish is giving up more runs. Even that out, and they're probably relatively similar so far this year. Hugh Darvish has thrown 39 innings. Kyle Gibson, 37 and a third. Hugh Darvish has given up 35 hits. Kyle Gibson has given up 32 hits. 32 Ks for Darvish, 30 for Gibson. 11 walks to 13 in favor of Darvish having the least. And both have given up four home runs. When you read across the stat line, uh, I mean, they're very comparable seasons and start to the seasons. Here's the thing. Yu Darvish has not been as good recently. Kyle Gibson has been coming on as good recently. So the trends will say, even though Yu Darvish has similar numbers, what he's done last season leading into this season, he's not the guy you saw when he was with his prime in the Boston Red Sox uniform up there in Massachusetts. Like, he's not that guy anymore. I don't know where he fell off, but he's not a premier pitcher in the game. He's still a good, serviceable major league pitcher, clearly. But he's not that premier, like, number two, number one, ace-level guy. Kyle Gibson has been that guy at points this year, or looked like that guy at least. He's not going to be that guy on a team that also contains Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola, but he has the ability. I'll give the edge in the pitching matchup to Kyle Gibson in this one. And often when you see that pitching matchup edge go one way, well, that's the team that wins the big games, the rubber matches, because good pitching, well, takes care of six or seven innings for you if the guy goes well. You look at some of the leaders uh, in batting for the teams, though. So Manny Machado is dominating what's going on for San Diego. Uh, the Padres' leader at home runs is him with seven. Padres' leader at batting average is him batting 353. It's an incredible number at this point in the season. And then Eric Hosmer is leading them in RBIs with 24. Huh. If you thought Machado was dominating with two or three, let's see who's dominating for Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, it's that Bryce Harper guy. Who's leading the team in home runs? 
with nine. Leading the teams in average, batting 305. Leading the teams in runs batted in with 27, three more than Hosmer, and Harper hasn't even played in this series. Well, unfortunately, got some bad news if you're going down to the ballpark to see Bryce Harper play. Well, he's not in the lineup today for what is the fourth straight game now after missing the series ender against the Los Angeles Dodgers. He's now missed the first two games of the series with the Padres, and he will not play in today's game. The lineup is as follows. Reese Hoskins batting leadoff playing first. Alec Boehm at third, batting second. Kyle Schwarber in left field, batting third. So he's not going to be DHing. Actually, a new DH today. We'll get to that in a second. Nick Castellanos playing right field, batting cleanup. JT Romino gets a day off behind the dish, but he's still going to hit. He will DH, which means Odubel Herrera is in center. Yon Camargo at second. Garrett Stubbs will get the start at catcher. Bryson Stott, that's ninth out of the shortstop position. And Kyle Gibson toes the rubber. So no Harper. It's interesting. Every day he goes without playing after getting that PRP injection in his elbow for a partial tear of his UCL makes me more and more and more nervous. But I don't know. Just get to the next series and hopefully he'll be available. Joe Girardi said he may be good today, but it sounded like he's very close to coming back and swinging. So it's a field thing for him as he recovers from that shot that he got in his arm out in L.A. to help with the partial UCL tear. We'll see when he comes back. It's not a good thing that he's out, but the Phillies can survive. They showed you that last night. Let's look at what the Padres lineup looks like because there was an interesting moment early in yesterday's game. Manny Machado fouled a ball off his knee, and he didn't really run much out. He wasn't looking like he was moving all that well for the remainder of that game. Well, he is still in the lineup. Uh, Trent Grisham leads off, uh, batting, uh, batting, playing center field. Then Machado, Hosmer, Profar, Myers, and no. Voight, Kim, Nola, and then you, Darvish, on the mound. So relatively similar to how the Padres have been lining up in this series already. Nothing crazy going on over there. Looks like everyone who has been healthy so far this series for them is healthy. It won't be an easy task. The Padres are still a very good team. They're still 23-14, and 14, and the Phils are just one game below 500. But they can get to 500 and go over 500 at home, currently 10-10 and 10 at home, if they win this game. And win this series. That'd be nice to see them win not one, not two, but three straight series. Well, that's what we call momentum, folks. And it felt like the Phillies had it in L.A. It felt like they were building it in Seattle. It would be really great to have that taken care of in this one. Because in the final segment, well, we're going to talk a little bit, not a full preview, but just peek at the upcoming Philly schedule and talk about their standing in division to just take stock in where the Philadelphia Phillies are right now after what's been a hot seven days for them. So we'll break all of that down as we wrap up today's episode of Locked On Phillies next. But you know, I got to tell you, I have to tell you about our partners over at Bet Online because they continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. I want you to find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs. The conference finals are going on, even though the Sixers aren't unfortunately, are not in there. Well, there's some great matchup between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics and another one out west between the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks. You can find out all the information you need to bet on those, plus Major League Baseball scores, MLBs getting into full swing, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. The Eagles primed for a big year after a strong offseason. Maybe get on them early to win the Super Bowl. Who knows? I know there's some Super Bowl truthers out there in Philadelphia. There always are. Bet online is your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, 
from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Okay, well, the Phillies are wrapping up with the San Diego Padres today, but the schedule, well, it doesn't get any easier following this series with San Diego. The Phillies spent some time out on the West Coast taking care of series against the Mariners and the Dodgers. Well, now those very same Dodgers, well, they come to town for a weekend series in Philadelphia, a 7.05 game Friday, a 6.05 game Saturday, and a 1.35 afternoon game Sunday. And you better believe those Dodgers are going to be not happy with the way that they perform against the Philadelphia Phillies in their home stadium. They're going to want to come out here and prove that they're still a very talented roster, which they are, and try and take care of business against the Philadelphia Phillies. And then you also see after the Dodgers series, well, next week you get your first look at the defending World Series champion Atlanta Braves. First time you see them all year. The Braves, just before the Padres came here, lost a series to the Padres. But the Braves, a solid roster. They're still trying to figure stuff out and get guys back from injury with Ronald Cunha back, but still working his way through some rust. Four games against the Braves that takes you through to next Thursday. So it doesn't get any easier, guys. The Phillies have to focus in and take care of business today against the San Diego Padres because every single game that is winnable down this stretch of tough games, so basically for the rest of the month, it's important that they take advantage of the opportunities that they get. And today absolutely is an opportunity. Let me tell you another reason. Why? Well, because the Phillies, they're starting to make up ground. The Mets are playing incredibly well. They're 25 and 14, a 641 win percentage, a 43 run differential. That's good for the second best in the National League, just behind the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's actually third best in Major League Baseball, just behind the New York I can't talk. New York Yankees. So it's Dodgers with a plus 83, Yankees plus 75, and then the Atlanta Braves have a plus, the Atlanta Braves. The New York Mets have a plus 43 run differential. But the Phillies are second place in the NL East now. They're 18 and 19. They're sub 500. It's like, okay, wow, man. They're still sub 500 a ways to go. Well, they're in second. They're the second best team in this division. And if they can continue to win, well, they can continue to make up ground. The Mets are not going to stay this hot forever. And we can go ahead and see the last 10. The Phillies are 6-4. and four, The Mets are 6-4. and four. They need to keep pace. And as the Phillies schedule gets easier, the Mets will hit tougher stretches. And hopefully it will even out so that the Phillies are either winning the division or in the wild card race come September. That's stuff to look forward to. But that's why this game is so big. Because in the division, the Phillies are putting themselves in a better situation by how well they've been playing. And some of it has been without Bryce Harper. So the road's getting easier. They're going to get Bryce Harper back. But this game, while they can take an opportunity where they're shorthanded, it would be great for them to take this rubber match against the San Diego Padres. And that's what we look for them to do before they get ready for the Dodgers tomorrow. So without further ado, I'm going to get ready to head down to the ballpark because this is a quick episode on Thursday morning as I get ready for the game. Hopefully I'm in attendance for what will be a series win for the Philadelphia Phillies. That's all I've got for you today. That's it for today's episode. I want to thank you as always for making Locked On Phillies your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Now make your second listen, Locked On MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, he's awesome. He knows baseball inside and out. Make sure you call him Sully. Loves his nickname and we love to call him that. And he does great crossover episodes. He covers the big storylines from around Major League Baseball. It's definitely worth a listen, so go ahead and check that out. It's available wherever you get your podcasts. I want to thank you for rating, reviewing, liking, subscribing, everything you do to keep Locked On Phillies afloat, and please continue to do so. Or if you haven't done that, 
rate, review, subscribe. Let me know what you're thinking, what I can be doing better, what I'm doing well. I appreciate all the feedback. Shoot us some follows on our socials as well. Your feedback is what keeps this show moving, and I always really appreciate it. That's all I've got for today. Tomorrow, we will be talking Dodgers and hopefully a recap of another series win for the Philadelphia Phillies that puts them in better contention even in the NL East. I will talk to you then.